From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hello there, I'm Graham, VK for Baker Baker, and yes, you have tuned WIA National News, this edition for week commencing November 23, 2014. Project Loon. If you haven't heard about it, it's Google's ambitious plan to share the internet to the other two-thirds of the world that is not yet connected, and they'll do this by using balloons. The simple explanation for the process is that Google balloons can fly above remote places to provide internet connectivity, and Australia has enough remote places without connectivity for the test. For these test flights, Google is teaming up with Telstra, the latter providing the base stations where the internet signal will be coming from. The idea is that these balloons with sophisticated antenna technology can beam down 4G-ish internet connectivity to homes and devices 20 kilometres below each balloon. The first test of this new project from Google was made in Christchurch, New Zealand. Google actually is planning for a long ring of these balloons circling the globe, bringing affordable internet to areas unreached by ground-based telcos. And Google says each balloon in the project can stay aloft for 100 days. Reuters are reporting Australia wants a new Japanese propulsion system for its next generation of submarines, the new submarines to replace six ageing Collins-class boats. Canberra has said it wants a lithium-ion battery propulsion system for the subs. Japan is a leader in lithium battery technology and its next generation of submarines will be the first to be powered by such a propulsion system. Experts say the technology will give submarines better underwater range and speed compared to other diesel-electric vessels that use air-independent propulsion undersea systems, a system that requires fuel to operate. Hams across Australia, so listen up. The WIA board is calling for your comments on the government's Spectrum Review Directions paper. This is your chance to have a say. You can download a copy of the paper from wia.org.au. Just look for the news item on the home page about the government's Spectrum Review and follow the links. WIA Director Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, says that after you have thought about what the government is proposing and what it means to you as a licensed radio amateur, write down your thoughts and send it to the WIA board through the national office. You can mail it, you can fax it, or send it by email. Now, the details are on the WIA website and in Amateur Radio magazine. Because the board needs to consider your thoughts before submitting the WIA submission to the Department of Communications, please see that your contribution reaches the National Office by Friday the 28th of this month. VK3 Home Construction Group to meet. The next and final meeting of this group for the year will be Saturday, December 6 at 2pm in the Amateur Radio Victoria rooms at 40G Victory Boulevard, Ashburton. The speaker, Rob Whitmore, VK3MQ, will deliver a presentation entitled Making Aluminium Enclosures for Homebrew Projects. It includes information about all the tools and techniques needed to produce a customised cabinet. 
Meetings then resume in 2015 on Saturday, Feb 7, when David Giddy, VK3IL, describes the antennas he uses for the summits on the air. This will be the first of several lectures during the year designed to highlight the many aspects of home brewing. The latest newsletter compiled by Ian Downey, VK3LA, will be emailed to subscribers before the December meeting, and at that meeting, all are welcome to attend. Who listens to radio? VK7FWJA. VK7 Echo Mike. VK4NJR. VK4FRMR. Here you in there, mate. VK4 Echo Mexico Springside. VK3 Hotel Echo November. What use is an F-call? I've heard it expressed that working on HF using an F-call is hard graft. No one hears you, they don't talk to you, they ignore you, nothing works, it's all too hard. I've heard F-calls tell me that they've called CQ for hours and no one wants to play. I understand that HF is challenging, but it's not impossible. There are a number of things going on that make that a HF contact requires more effort than talking on a 2 metre repeater. Making contacts on HF requires that you understand what's going on, that some of the things that you're thinking are likely not true, and some of your expectations are wrong. I'm not the oracle of amateur radio, that would be a sorry state of affairs, but I can share some of the things I've learned. Finding someone to talk to on air is the simplest way to make a contact. That is, you scan up and down the bands, nice and slowly, to find a station that's nice and loud. If they're not moving your S-meter, it's unlikely you're going to move theirs, or even make yourself heard above the noise at their end. So, at least initially, look for a station with a 5 and 8 readability. If you're not ever getting any of those, then I'd spend some time having a look at the antenna you're using. The more you listen on bands, the more you'll get a feel for when things happen on a particular band, and where. The 10 meter band runs from 28 MHz all the way past 29 MHz, but you're not often going to find lots of activity on 28.7, so have a look at a DX cluster online and see where people hang out. Spend more time there than in the fringes of a band. That's not to say that no one ever is going to be on 28.7, just that you'll find more people more often between 28.4 and 28.5. Also, if you cannot hear any noise on a band, it could be that the band is closed, or it could be that it's wide open and no one is playing because they're all scanning up and down the band waiting for someone to call. So sometimes it's worth your while to call CQ a couple of times to see what, if any, response you might get. There are other aspects to making a contact on HF, and I'll talk about those at another time. But don't give up. I've lost count of the number of times I've packed my radio into my car, set up at some location, got my logging gear out, and then spent three hours getting nothing. Similarly, I've lost count of the times that I've turned my radio on by chance, scanned up and down the dial, found a station, called back, and made a contact. I'm Ono, VK6FLAB. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. With this week's international news, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Backscatter radar. 
49.9 MHz radar, 16 kilowatts with 64 antennas. An impressive backscatter radar on 49.9 MHz is currently being constructed in Ethiopia. The Bahia Day Coherent Backscatter Radar is being assembled by researchers from the University of Ulu, Finland and Boston College, USA. The radar will operate at 49.9 MHz with a 16 kilowatt solid-state transmitter and 64 antennas. The sampling is based on a number of USRP X300 series boxes developed by Matt Etus, November 2, Mike Juliet, India. Resurgent old sunspot crackles with flares. Back for a second trip across the face of the sun, old sunspot AR2192 is growing again and crackling with M-class solar flares. The active region has an unstable magnetic field that harbours energy for even stronger X-flares. Future eruptions could affect Earth as the sunspots turn towards our planet in the days ahead. Check for updates on the webpage of spaceweather.com. Russian smart mini-satellites to go into orbit in 2016. Amateur radio newslines Heather Emby, KB3TZD, tells us about these new and highly intelligent mini-birds. A number of Russian universities and space industry companies are expected to create a specialized aerospace association. One which will work on creating software to control groups of mini-satellites and improve their ability to interact with one another. Mikhail Sonkin is the deputy governor of Russia's Tom region. He announced that association members will include the Tomsk Polytechnic University and the Tomsk State University. Also that in addition to the smart mini-satellites, both will be working on developing new materials for the space industry as well as establishing communication networks in remote areas. Last month, Sergei Paskey, who is the chairman of the Presidium of the Tomsk Scientific Center, announced that Russian scientists were planning to create unique mini-satellites capable of group interaction. The satellites will be similar to the CubeSats that were developed in the United States, but would be able to self-educate and repair each other without leaving the Earth's orbit. This is quite a step forward in miniature satellite design. For the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Heather Emby, KB3TZD reporting. Ham radio assists in at-sea rescue. When the sailing ship Hail Revenge ran into trouble in the Pacific, it turned to ham radio as we hear in this report. Larry LaCrone, an Otero County amateur radio operator, Larry called to report that he was monitoring one of the HAM's emergency operations projects known as the Maritime Net, which is continuously monitored by a series of volunteer radio operators across the country. While monitoring that net Sunday night, he served as backup when another amateur radio operator on board a sailing vessel adrift in the Pacific was taking on water in 20-foot seas nearly 800 miles west of the California-Oregon border. That vessel wanted to declare an emergency, but was having trouble contacting the Coast Guard. The ham that took the call notified the Coast Guard and served as a relay between them and the distressed vessel. The Coast Guard sent out an HT-130 aircraft from Point Reyes Coast Guard Station in California. The ham maritime net operator instructed the sailboat to activate their emergency locator beacon, a container cargo ship, the 965-foot Hyundai Grace was in the region and responded to that emergency beacon signal and rescued all on board that sailboat. 
which was on its way from Honolulu to Everett, Washington, when it was damaged by high winds and seas. Tim Bass, KALH Spectrum News, from Alamogordo, New Mexico, reporting. The ham radio gear on board the 32-foot vessel was an ICOM IC-718 transceiver. Nathan Stickle, NH7FS, is reported to have been the ham radio operator on the voyage. The South African Radio League has submitted its response to the draft plan concerning the restructuring of the 450 to 470 megahertz band and other UHF spectrum parcels. In its reply to the National Telecommunications Regulatory Agency, the SARL said that although the amateur service is not in this band, the problem for ham radio would arise if the intended migration of some existing users in the 450 to 470 megahertz range were to temporarily move into the amateur band prior to them shifting to a new frequency band once they obtain suitable equipment. The South African Radio League also pointed out that the statement that amateurs use only 1 megahertz of the 430 to 440 megahertz is incorrect. Rather, the entire frequency block is used extensively for terrestrial and space communications. The popular DX Summit website operated by Radio Arcala station OH8X is getting a new look and a new name. As of December 1st, the site will become My DX Summit and will soon have a fresh new face and a more modern user interface. Among the changes will be real-time posting of DX spotting that is user-selectable of precisely the kind of spots that interest them. Also, entering a spotting will be made easier through a simple dialog box. Site developers also note that a lot of effort is being put into having it work with a majority of mobile devices and browsers. It's expected that the ongoing testing procedure could result in some changes to the site before its actual rollout. Digital mobile radio, better known by the acronym DMR, appears to be coming of age in ham radio. Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF, has more. The Radio Society of Great Britain reports that on October 29th, the worldwide digital mobile radio system added its 10,000th ham radio user ID. According to the Society, there are now over 800 digital mobile radio repeaters in 33 countries, allowing amateurs using DMR to talk to each other globally over the Internet. DMR was not developed specifically for ham radio. Rather, the standard is a VHF and UHF digital voice method that was published by the European Technology Standards Institute in 2005. Its goal is providing digital communication systems that are low cost, of low complexity, and interoperable between equipment vendors. The system uses 12.5 kHz or narrower channel bandwidth, 4FSK digital modulation, and the ability to be used anywhere between 30 MHz and 1 GHz. As such, products built specifically to DMR standards also comply with the FCC mandates for narrowband systems here in the United States. For yet unexplained reasons, DMR has begun creating its own following within the ham radio community as an alternative to other digital voice modes. How far DMR will grow within the world of amateur radio, digital audio, as compared to various other systems designed specifically for use by radio amateurs is impossible to predict, but 10,000 
is a pretty good start. For the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF, in the newsroom in Los Angeles. Those stories from the Amateur Radio Newsline. You're tuned to the WIA National News Service across Australia. I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Operational News Awards on Felix VK4FUQ. Record portable activity in VK3 parks. The 4th Annual Keith Rocher Memorial National Park Award KRMNPA activation period was a huge success across Friday the 14th to Monday the 17th of November. It saw 33 of the 45 VK3 national parks put on air by a group of dedicated amateurs, including welcome to state visitors, namely John VK2AWJ, Paul VK5PAS and Larry VK5LY. All licensed classes ensure that most HF bands were activated. This meant many hunters, both in Australia and DX locations, were able to log parks and collect award points. Already Bernard VK3AMB, VK3AV has applied for his third KRMNPA merit plaque that involves all 45 VK3 parks worked. Frank VK2HFS was also busy working 16 parks. He is easily qualified for his basic hunters award. Well done to both. With 33 parks activated, the 2014 period is a new record from the previous 26 parks in 2013. This clearly indicates the growing popularity of portable operations. Amateur Radio Victoria thanks all activators and hunters for the best event yet. There will be another activity period in November 2015, so hear you then. Special Event Stations, DX, Beacon, Repeater and Net Advice. And Renton Memorial Ladies Net this Tuesday. One of the friendliest radio nets in the land happens this Tuesday evening, November the 25th from 7.30pm on the Townsville UHF Repeater in Queensland. Yes, it's the Anne Renton Memorial Ladies Net. The net is open to young and old, YLROM, and is a golden opportunity for anyone who needs practice on air to get on the net as a second operator. Let's see if the YLs can outnumber the OMs. Logbook of the World LOTW Error Handling CQWPX Submissions According to the ARRL, it's been determined that some CQWPX awards program applications using the League's Logbook of the World were not properly processed. Specifically, applications for WPX credits submitted via Logbook of the World from October the 8th at 0500 hours UTC until November the 5th at 1700 hours UTC were never processed. However, these applicants' credit cards were not charged. Applicants should now resubmit any application for WPX credits made during that period. Turkeys to be activated for Thanksgiving. In celebration of Thanksgiving in the USA, Terry Joyner, W4YBV, plans to be on the air November 22nd and 23rd. This to activate two islands on the Swanee River in Florida for the United States Islands Awards Program. Happily enough, these landmasses are called Turkey Island and Little Turkey Island. Look for Terry on 40 through 10 minutes from 1300 and 2200 hours each day. OX3LX 
Hose one djj will be operational as OX3LX from Disco Island between November 26 and December 2 on the high-frequency bands. QSL via OZ1PIF. PA0VDV-PJ2. PA0VDV will be on the air from stroke PJ2 from Kurukau until December 26. Activity will be on 80 through 10 minutes using CW only. QSL to PA0VDV via the Bureau. Can you hear us? DF3FS and DL9OLI will be operating stroke 5Z4 from Diony Beach, Kenya, between February the 16th and March the 8th of 2015. 80 through 10 minutes CW and SSB. QSL by the home call signs via the Bureau. 4S7KKG. DC0KK will be active as 4S7KKG from Sri Lanka through until April the 10th, 2015. He operates mainly using CW and the digital modes. QSL via DC0KK via the Bureau. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. Across Queensland from VK4WIA, you're tuned to Q News. In the Toowoomba area, it can be heard on 146.750, the VK4RDD 2 metre repeater, at 9am on Sunday mornings. I'm Dave, VK4LED. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, and along with Rewind and Special Interest Group News, I have some news on our Intruder Watch activities. Firstly, the Region 3 IARUMS coordinator is Peter Young, VK3MV. VKIARUMS reflector email address, well that's intruders at wia.org.au. Now, the intruder nets, they're on Friday, 0730 UTC on 7.065.5 MHz with VK4CEU David. Now, the amateur exclusive frequencies where non-amateur signals are definitely an intruder. The amateur HF spectrum worldwide from 7.05 to 7.1 MHz, 14 MHz to 14.25, 14.25 to 14.35, 21 to 21.45, 24.89 to 24.99, and 28.0 to 29.7. The latest IRUMS report on HF Radio Intruders, the International Amateur Radio Union monitoring system reports on interference caused by Russian taxis operating in the 10-metre amateur radio band. The report says that the taxi cabs were monitored flooding all of 10-metre FM on a daily basis and that so far nobody seems to be able to stop the taxi intrusions. The report noted that the MUF, or maximum usable frequency, has been rather high and the F2 layers were strong and stable. The monitoring service also reports on some strong disturbances that were caused by over-the-horizon radar system in China in the evening hours of the evening of October the 26th and 27th, covering 80% of the 40-metre band. It also says that Spanish fishermen were heard daily on 3.5 and 3.51 and 3.52 MHz and several other frequencies using upper sideband every morning and evening. The report notes that many Far East intruders were also found on 10 metres FM. 
worldwide special interest groups ATV, where every pixel tells a story. The latest CQD ATV magazine is now available for free download. The November issue of CQD ATV magazine, of course, it's available for free download. The new issue contains the latest amateur television news from around the world. An editorial enabled G3ZHI that asks why ATV repeaters do not have internet inputs. A simple microwave detector for 10 gigahertz by John Hudson, G3RFL and much more. Now a look at Rewind, a look back at history. AO7, 40 years in space, November the 15th. 40 years ago, Amateur Oscar 7 was launched at 1711 UTC on November the 15th, 1974 from the Western Test Range at Vandenberg AFB in California. AO7 became the second AMSAT NA constructed and Phase 2 Amateur radio satellite launched into low Earth orbit. It remained operational until a short circuit in the battery in 1981. On the 21st of June 2002, the satellite was heard once again on its 2-metre beacon frequency of 145.9775 MHz CW after 21 years of silence and 27 years in space. AO7 remains semi-operational with reliable power only from its solar panels. The restoration of service was due to the short-circuited battery becoming an open circuit, allowing the solar cells to power the spacecraft. When the satellite eclipses, it powers down. It's operational while the solar panels are illuminated by the sunlight. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Wrapping up WIA National News for yet another week on the social scene. November 23 in VK5, it's the Welcome to Amateur Radio Day. Now that's taking place at 8.45am today. November 30 in VK3, it's Spa Camfest at Rosebud. Hello, this is John, VK3BJR, President of the Southern Peninsula Amateur Radio Club. If you're in VK3 next weekend, let me remind you of two things you have to do. On Saturday, vote in the state election... And on Sunday, come to the Rosebud Radio Fest. Yes, Sunday the 30th of November is when the Rosebud Radio Fest is on at the Eastbourne Primary School at Alambie Avenue, Rosebud. If you have pre-loved equipment to sell, tables are still available at $10 and can be booked online at www.rosebudradiofest.com. The technical forums being held this year have wide appeal, as they are the FAM Park approach to constructing a remote-controlled radio station, Peter Parker, VK3YE's pedestrian mobile operation and suitable antennas, Apache Labs will present on their latest SDR technology, as reviewed in November AR, and Bruce Williams from ACMA will present the ever-popular ACMA update. The event has full catering, there is plenty of off-street parking, there are great door prizes and the entry fee is only $6 with under-12s free. Outdoor displays will be open from 8am and the new and used equipment sale area in the main auditorium will be open from 9.30am until 2pm. If you need help to find the venue, talk-in will be conducted on VK3 RSP 146.675 MHz and VK3 RPU 439.850 MHz. See you in Rosebud on the 30th of November. This is John, VK3 BJR. 
Thanks, John. Now, looking towards next year, 2015, March 29 in VK3, it's the EMDRC Hamfest. June, the Queen's Birthday weekend, it's the 40th annual Oxley Region Field Day in VK2. And July 11 to 12 in VK3, Gipstec 2015. Now, if you'd like to submit news items for inclusion in this, the VK1WIA broadcast, email your item in text to nationalnews at wia.org.au. To submit audio, read the How to Submit Items in the weekly news page on wia.org.au. Remember, the sooner you submit material, the more the likelihood of it being broadcast in the very next edition of WIA National News. Each item will only be broadcast once. If you want a couple of mentions, please submit different slants to keep your event fresh. And always, if the newsroom is to read your item, write in the third person. And as we leave you, just one other reminder. If you are a WIA news broadcaster, you should be subscribed to the WIA broadcasters at Yahoo groups. That way you'll know exactly when and where the WIA news is available and also the length of the news and any other pertinent facts. So again, if uh, you need to, drop me a line, VK4BB, and you can get me at nationalnews at wia.org.au. Till next we meet, I'm Graham, VK4 Baker Baker. Walk softly. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions, www.wia.org.au. From Australia, this has been VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.